Tomorrow officially uh, is called Blue Monday. I don't know who decides officially uh, to call things like uh, tomorrow Blue Monday, but the Bible says that uh, Jesus gives us a new name, and I want to declare a new name over today, over this month. Uh, Blue Monday uh, is known because it's apparently the most depressing day of the year. Uh, We have come through Christmas and we've set all these New Year's resolutions for January and uh, we failed in them, apparently. Uh, And we realise when we wake up tomorrow morning, oh, it's still January and I never... I've never stuck to what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, also, we've not been paid yet, and so we realise we've over, overspent over Christmas and we're skint, apparently. Well, as Jesus gives it a new name, let's name today Sunny Sunday. Uh, yellow is our colour uh, over our life, and uh, joyful January, uh, I want to say. And you might not be feeling uh, joyful, but we have a hope uh, that we believe in. And this morning, I want to talk about some of that hope. uh, And I want uh, to uh, pray that the joy of the Lord, not happiness, it's different. uh, The joy of the Lord rests on our soul and is our strength. We're talking about wholeness uh, and well-being over the next few weeks. And there's way more to wholeness than physical health. You know, we're really integrated people. Uh, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, the Hebrew mindset, uh, the, the mindset uh, that uh, crafted the Bible and narrated the story that uh, God has created for us uh, is integrated. It's holistic. Uh, but for us, we, we live in a, a kind of um, a legacy of the Greek mindset, which says everything's separate. So you need to separate. Uh, body is separate. Spirit separates. Spiritual things are over here and physical things are over here. Uh, but I've said before, matter matters. And to God, uh, we are one. We are whole people. Thessalonians says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's really important to God that we see ourselves as whole people and that, but not just spirit, but soul and body as well is looked after, developed, grown, submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. So throughout this morning, I want to tell a few stories and examples of people who've really inspired me in their strides towards wholeness. And this is only an introduction. We've got a few weeks of this, but my main aim is to kind of stir up within us uh, and make a bit of a heart choice this morning uh, to be open to what God wants to do in us over the coming weeks. As we walk into this series, I would really love us to all say yes to Jesus and what he's got to do in our hearts, keep our hearts soft and open to the things that he wants to speak to us. So I want to leave loads of room at the end, plenty of room, uh, for you to respond to the whisper of the Spirit in your heart and I, uh, I believe that as we walk through this series together over the coming weeks, uh, that chains are going to be broken, that miracles uh, will happen in our hearts, in our bodies, in our minds. And I believe that we're going to come out of this series as different people. I'm going to declare that this morning. We're going to walk out of this series more like the people that God created us to be. So I wonder if you'd join me as we pray and, uh, and then uh, we'll crack into uh, the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. 
that you came and you died for us, not just so that our spirit could be free, but so that our body could walk into wholeness and so our soul could know you, our emotions, our mind, our imagination, everything. This morning we submit to the Lordship of Jesus and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to whisper into our hearts the places that you want to show us that we can be free places that we're not free or not as free as you want us to be, uh, we say we are open to your voice this morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I want to tell a story uh, of someone in our congregation who experienced severe childhood trauma and then subsequent physical pain and disorder. And um, she sent her story in this week. She wants to remain anonymous, but I've I've walked a little bit with her and I've uh, heard about a story um, over the last year. It's really inspired me and I think it's a really great example of Jesus taking someone on a journey into healing and wholeness. So, after 20 years of insomnia, I was recently diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. After receiving a gift of faith over 12 to 18 months ago, I recently... I've recently begun to walk into a considerable level of deep emotional healing, which was helped by going to the rest and restoration sessions and going through the Freedom in Christ materials. It's resulted in a complete healing of physical illnesses related to post-traumatic stress disorder. This includes insomnia, stomach and acid reflux issues, a variety of muscular aches, including long-term issue with arthritic knee, also, I've been asthma and sinus, sinus issue free for 18 months. I'm still on the journey of recovery from the emotional effects of PTSD, but walking into increased freedom. Let's thank Jesus for that story. That's an amazing uh, example of uh, when some trauma happens to uh, us, uh, physical or emotional trauma, it affects our physical bodies and it affects our mind and it affects our spirit. And then as we partner and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe into our life, he can bring resurrection life, not just to our spirit, but to our mind and our body as well. And so what do we mean by wholeness? Well, that's kind of what I mean by wholeness. But wholeness is the state of being comfortable, healthy or happy, according to the Oxford uh, Dictionary. Psychology Today says wholeness is the experience of health, happiness and prosperity. It includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction and a sense of meaning or purpose. More generally, well-being is just feeling well. You know, pop popular culture pushes us to do more of what makes us happy, but happiness is temporary. We're called to pursue holiness, not, not more of what makes you happy, but more of what makes you holy says in 1 Peter, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. You know, God's got a great plan for our wholeness, our well-being, body, soul, and spirit. And this wholeness is summed up in a biblical concept called shalom. Let me tell you about shalom. You're not likely to find it necessarily, uh, the word uh, well-being necessarily in um, English translations of the Bible, but there's a really important uh, Hebrew uh, concept in the Bible that comes across over and over again, and it's shalom. It's normally translated as, as peace, but it's a really rich word. It means complete, 
well-being in every area of life. It speaks of peace and harmony, of wholeness, of completeness, of prosperity, of welfare and tranquility. And it can be used to uh, mean both hello or goodbye in Jewish culture. So you say shalom, hi, or shalom, see you later. It's one of the key words and images for salvation in the Bible. And in the New Testament, shalom is revealed as the reconciliation of all things. I talked about that a little bit last week through the work of Christ. The Bible says God was pleased through Christ to reconcile himself all things, to bring all things back together, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Colossians 1. Shalom is experienced in a multi-dimensional, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. And Tim Keller says it flows from all of our relationships being put right with God, with oneself, and with the world. So Shalom's God's plan for communities, for nations, but we can't see that unless individuals walk into Shalom, and that is uh, what we're here for today. We're here to step through the door into deeper Shalom. And you know, uh, this move towards Shalom or wholeness isn't uh, like you wake up and you flick the light switch on and all of a sudden it's all sorted, life's great, we can just carry on uh, as our new person, but it's kind of like a journey that we get to walk on step by step with Jesus, an adventure following him towards greater wholeness as we become more like him and more like the person that he first created us to be. So I racked my brains for a kind of metaphor for wholeness that I could describe to you and show to you. And then I realized the best metaphor is seeing a person and a face and hearing their story. And so I'd love to uh, invite Ben up to the platform and uh, I'm going to hear Ben's story about uh, his journey into deeper wholeness. And uh, Paul met Ben yesterday or Friday for a coffee and he came back and said, I am so impressed with Ben's uh, maturity and leadership that he's grown into and we want to hear about what's happened for Ben. So Ben, can you tell us a little bit about what's inspired you in your journey to wholeness and um, what's happened for you? Yeah, sure. Um, morning, everybody. So um, I guess what inspired me? Well, it's really generous of Paul to say that about leadership, actually, because I think what inspired me the most was the realization that uh, an important facet of leadership is self-leadership. And um, uh, 2018 was a, a year full of really high moments, but also really, really crushing low moments. And in the crushing depths of something that happened, I realized I hadn't led my life in a particularly good way. So 2018 was full of, full of really good bits. Um, me and Emma bought our first house. We went on a great holiday with Simon and Katie. Um, we, it was just full of really good bits. And then towards the end of the year, everything took uh, a massive turn south. Um, so Emma and I um, suffered a miscarriage and my uh, mum died the week before Christmas. And that left me adrift. And I was like floundering around and I've been a Christian for around about 11 years and I realized at this point that actually like in tenure of Christianity it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian when personal circumstances come at you from an unexpected place it can knock you sideways and really shake everything that you thought was a foundation so mum dying made Christmas awful uh, and to get me through Christmas I fell headfirst into a massive endless supply of food and alcohol because it's, it's it's there isn't it at Christmas you've got a big surplus of food and drink and you 
I just literally drank and ate my way through January and that started into February and before this I should step back a bit and think well actually I've I've always been a bigger guy like I used to play rugby so I've always been quite stocky and that just was accepted like Ben's a big guy he likes life to excess I used to drink a lot and party with friends at uni and the first thing I kind of want you to think about actually is just because it's accepted doesn't mean that it's acceptable so just because something in your life is accepted by you or other people doesn't mean that you, it is acceptable and it's nothing that you should be carrying around with you. If, so living my life to excess was accepted by myself and everybody else around us. It meant that I was drinking and eating a lot for all of my life and when mum died, it got worse to the point where serious health complaints and issues and the bigger I got, the more ashamed I felt about how big I got. And it was, I was less likely to step forward for prayer. So Emma used to be saying to me all the time, Ben, like, this is the point, put your hand up, go forward for prayer. Like, your hips are hurting you, or your asthma's bad, or your stomach's terrible. And um, something within me would hold me back and think, actually, I'm not worthy of prayer because everything I'm doing to my body is, is the cause of the pain. And so the shame that I felt within would stop me going forward for prayer, which is ridiculous. And that showed me that the enemy isn't fussy about what weapon he chooses to yeah. use against you. Mm -hmm. So the enemy picked something that I need every day. I need food and drink to survive. And he took that and he twisted it. And he caused a massive division between me and Jesus in that moment. Jesus was stood there waiting for me to come forward to pray. He was around me. He was encouraging me, nudging me in the back to move forward. And yet the enemy was holding me back through my worship of food rather than worship of Jesus. So that was the, the side of the journey, I guess. So tell us what you did. <clears throat> um, so after much soul searching and uh, cajoling from Emma, so like guys, like find yourself a really supportive and um, motivated wife. Because like, <laughs> she really kicked me up the backside and, and got me working. Um, so I, I joined a gym in February of last year. Um, and the gym that I joined was really good, actually, because it actually sat me down and made me go through things in a tactical way. So when you think about going through a health kick, you'd probably think, well, on Monday, I'm going to eat less, eat healthy, and do lots of running, and then I'll get healthy. Uh, and what the gym taught me was, actually, you need to sit down and think, how are you spending your time on a day? Like, I, I'm probably like you guys, and everything's really busy, and I don't have any time for anything. And what the gym process taught me was, I actually need to find some time and readjust what time is. So now my days start really, really early, ridiculously early. So I get up at sort of 10 to five and I'm in the gym for half past five and then I work out and go to work for, I catch the half past seven train to go to work and I get in at half past six at night. So it's a long day and it's full, but now it's full of me time. So first thing I do in the morning is wake up, have a coffee and start talking to Jesus about what my day looks like and what the gym session is gonna be like. And I actually give that gym session over to Christ because I know that there are days that I don't want to work out. And then the little tidbit for you is that the days that you don't want to work out are often the days that you have your best workout. Mm. So the days you don't want to go forward for prayer is actually the best experience you're going to have with Jesus because yeah. you're going to him with an unbroken, with a broken heart going to be healed. Yeah. So tell us what's happened then. So you've been going to the gym yeah. at quarter to five in the yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, so some people might never have seen you before, so uh, tell oh, us. Oh, yeah, I was, I was huge. So I kind of like to think of myself the, the boulder in Indiana Jones where like, he's running down the <laughs> corridor and these like, boulders like <laughs> bouncing around from side to side. So I was, when, when I went to the gym, I weighed in at um, 21.8 stone, 21.8 stone, which was the largest I've ever been in my life. Um, 
So I actually, when me and Emma got married, I was like, oh, look at the picture, look fat. And then when I realised I was actually two stone heavier than that when I was saying, you look so fat in that picture. So yeah, I was 21 stone when I went to the gym and um, by December, I'd lost just over seven stone. Um, so I've lost a third of my body weight. I think that's amazing. Tell us the difference in your life now. Oh, the difference is huge, massive, massively different. So now, actually, um, my kids have got a dad that's happy most of the time, not all the time, but I'm happy most of the time. Emma's got a husband that is willing to try new things in terms of walking distances, because even walking, parking in the West End, me and Emma would argue all the way to church about how far I'd had to walk. Um, but yeah, so I'm a lot more energetic, more energised. My faith life is completely completely different I'd always known Jesus as a father's heart but this process has taught me about the motherly side of, of, of Jesus um, probably because of where I've been uh, towards the end of 2018 but I've really felt that motherly side of Jesus as well and I think the biggest difference is now things like um, my relationship with my children are a lot better so um, this last week uh, Emma and I went to jump and jump for me would have been an absolute torture chamber before I would have sat aside and looked at all these really healthy dads and think to myself like oh, I wish I could be like you but my kids are lumbered with this fat guy and actually worried that I'd be the bouncy castle that they would jump on um, so <laughs> jump jump would somewhere that I would never normally go but me and Emma took the kids to jump Emma's um, tied to Fletcher at the minute because he's only like four months old so I had to be the one to go around and bounce around on things and climb over stuff um, and um, there's one bit where Emma's taking a picture of me and the kids and we was all stood there awkwardly like, posing for a smile and then um, Emma came down from the, the balcony. <clears throat> uh, uh, <clears throat> and she had tears in her eyes and um, she said, um, I'm just so proud of you. Like, you're, you're one of the, the thin dads. Like, you're one of the happy dads. And it was that sort of moment that it made me think about the, the journey that I've been on and... Actually, it's not been for me. It's been it's been for my family. That's amazing, Ben. Why don't we just uh, say we're really proud of you as well, and well done. It's really good. Thank you so much. <clears throat> yeah, Ben's an amazing, but uh, we can all go on our own journey uh, with Jesus. You know, the body of Christ should be the healthiest and the most whole gathering of people anywhere. We're all at different stages, but we've all got the same goal to look like the person that he created or envisioned when he made us. And so we've got three uh, quick steps that I want us to go through uh, that will help us in our journey into wholeness before I invite the band uh, to come and help us uh, finish this. The first one is we need to follow the best directions. You know, going on a journey, we need good, a good roadmap and good directions. And uh, the good news is there's loads and loads of resources out there, uh, thousands of self-help uh, self books, uh, self-help groups, uh, YouTube clips that you can watch, uh, best-selling uh, uh, programs you can get part of. Uh, but there's so many out there, you sometimes don't know uh, what to choose from and what's the best one. We stuff our lives with the things that the world says that we need, and it still leaves us feeling broken and empty and hungry and lonely and unfulfilled. And our Father hears the cries of those who are longing for wholeness, and he gave us his word, his sharp and living and active word to give us directions on our journey of following Jesus. And so the Word of God will give us comprehensive 
uh, view of every area of our well-being, our body and our soul and our spirit. And what the Bible does is it acts like a really great map, like um, a map to reveal from beginning uh, to end uh, the signposts that God has for his plan for us to walk into wholeness, how we can experience greater well-being. And some of these signposts include principles for life rhythm, for rest, play, work, how to experience peace and joy, how to love well, how to invest time and money, how to resolve conflict. And I know for me, one of the biblical signs, uh, signposts in the directions that I've been paying more attention to recently is uh, rest and Sabbath. And um, I've been uh, walking, I know, into greater level of freedom and wholeness because of that. I am like a type A person, driven. I have ambitions. I have dreams. I want to go and get it. I'm an activist. And uh, as I've sat into uh, rest and Sabbath, uh, where I can't do any of those things and I can't achieve and I'm not looking to get to work early to get jobs done, uh, I've found actually an increased level of anxiety that has risen up in me because I'm not doing the things that I feel like I need to do. And uh, what that speaks to me is a sense of when I'm working and achieving and dreaming and pushing, I'm kind of pushing down uh, an inner voice in me that doesn't feel happy or secure or uh, whole. And what happens when I uh, trust the directions of my father as I'm reading about Sabbath and rest, uh, this anxiety is bubbling up inside of me and I'm allowing uh, then the Holy Spirit to come and deal with the inner problems inside of me, the lies that I'm believing, and to receive truth from my Father in heaven, that he loves me even if I don't achieve anything, that he is the one that is, is uh, bringing me into uh, his plan. It's not mine. It's, not, it's his work. It's not mine. And I get to rest in that. I wonder what signposts you need to pay attention to. So the first one is get the directions, get the roadmap. The second one is seek expertise. Our journey towards wholeness and well-being starts and ends with our creator. When we embark on a journey, there's nothing like having the best personal trainer or the best nutritionist or the best expert in whatever it is that we uh, want to uh, nail and get good at. You know, the great news is that there's someone who knows more about our physical wholeness than the best trainer, nutritionist, sleep expert, or doctor. He knows more about our emotional wholeness than the best psychologist or counselor. He knows more about our spiritual wholeness than the best guru, religious leader, or philosopher. He knows more about our relational wholeness than the best relational coach or marriage counselor. He knows more about our vocational and financial wholeness than the best career or financial advisor. And that's Jesus himself. He's the model for where we're going and what we need to uh, aspire to. Rick Warren says this, you're made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. God doesn't, know, uh, doesn't only know everything about our wholeness and our well-being, but he is wholeness and well-being. He is peace himself. One of his many names is the Lord is peace, shalom. The Lord is well-being. He's the source of our true well-being. And if you get into his presence, we'll experience an increase in well-being. There's loads of things we can go to to get a, fi a fix, get a happiness fix or a, a good uh, mood fix. You know, I have an issue with Terry's chocolate orange. I absolutely uh, love them and I can eat more than one in one go. Uh, don't judge me. Sometimes... Uh, 
I actually would say I might struggle with a bit of emotional eating. You know, feeling a bit sad? Get Terry out and he'll uh, help me. Food's a gift from God, uh, but it shouldn't be in place of God. You know, I'm, uh, uh, one of the reasons why I think fasting is really important for me is because uh, I do go to food for comfort. And when I'm uh, in a fast, I can't do that. And so I go then straight to the source of well-being and peace, and he fills my heart. There's something wonderful to be deeply known. And Jesus knows our unique personality and strengths and our weaknesses and our hopes and our fears. And he loves us like no one else. He can fix me way better than Terry fixes me. But I just need to allow his presence into my life. And sometimes we have to get rid of those other things. You know, it's quite easy for me to say Terry. But there might be, there are other things in my life. Um, I'm just not ready to publicly confess in front of a few hundred people. Um, but there's probably things for you too. What are those things that stop you getting into the presence of God and you treat as comfort instead of the Lord? is my well-being. So uh, follow directions, seek expertise and, expertise, and then finally travel with others. Ecclesiastes says this, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then a cord of three strands is not equally broken. We get to do life together as church. We were never meant to uh, do this thing on our own to get into wholeness. It's impossible. And we need to be together as the church and invite Jesus in. The cord of three strands is not easily broken. We are wired for community and relationships. I want to tell this final story of Eunice Page. We've interviewed her before uh, here uh, at Alive uh, and her story, for me, just every time I hear it, inspires me. I just want to read it to you. Eunice is on our kids' team. I think she's serving in kids this morning. And she's also on our Freedom in Christ team. And she says this. I became a Christian at 24, and I have no Christian background. My dad died from a genetic heart condition when I was 10. And my mum died when I was 16. I moved around a lot so didn't have any real friends and I was bullied constantly through my teenage years. I became an emotional eater. I was overweight and I struggled with body image. Everything I was learning in my tender teen years was from my mum and it was negative. After my dad died, she remarried six months later. It was a rebound and it didn't last. Following the breakdown of this marriage, she went on off the rails, drinking, taking drugs and sleeping around. This all gave me negative messages about my worth and relationships with men. After her death, I went to uni, where I started to build tentative relationships with people. I had a negative relationship with a guy. And after securing my first teaching post, I started working with two Christian ladies. One was Alison Russell, who comes to Alive. I did an Alpha course, and this led me to Jesus. By this point, God had also gifted me with Rob, who also became a Christian, and we married. Then God started dealing with emotional eating. I lost weight and became a healthy weight in 2011. I still saw the fat, ugly girl I had always been told I was. This was the time when I was really plagued by voices telling me things. I went up and down for years, going round in circles and controlling food, exercise, and struggling with believing truth about how I lo looked. 
This continued until I did freedom in Christ. The course revealed truth in a new way and going through the steps of freedom genuinely changed my life. All the voices were gone and a root lie was revealed. I'd been believing I was unloved and unlovable. Using the stronghold buster tool that taught that they taught on the course helped me deal with this lie and I began to believe truth about myself. I've done several more stronghold busters over the last two years and each one brings increasing freedom and wholeness. The course has been pivotal in my journey and I feel that God has put me on that team because of my experience. I also experienced prophetic moments. She does, I've seen her do it. More so over the last year and I feel freedom now to believe in that gift and, and p- push into using it. I'm excited about where God will take me in this journey and it's going to and it's ongoing but I feel so blessed and privileged to be part of the Freedom in Christ team and be supporting people who are going through what I went through. You know Eunice's journey has included other people at every stage. She hasn't been able to flick the switch and just walk into freedom but she has been on a journey where she's committed to relationship with other people and relationship to God and it has completely transformed her life. Hearing voices, she's not hearing voices anymore. Uh, Overweight, she's now no longer overweight. Felt like she was unlovable, she now knows she is loved. I've got a a kind of desire as I was praying through this uh, that I would uh, become more like the person that God has created me to be and you guys would also too. That you would walk into the freedom and wholeness that we have been given because of Jesus. And the only way we get to do that is if we walk with people on the journey. And I've got a few close friends that I would share my whole life, even my gross bits with. And I want to encourage you to find those kind of friendships. I want to encourage you to go on Freedom in Christ. It starts on Tuesday. I want to encourage you to join a connect group so you can outwork some of the things that God is speaking to you in your life. You know, connect groups are the key way that we do discipleship and help us together walk into wholeness in this church. It's way easier to do it in a small group than it is in a large gathering on Sunday. So let me read this verse again uh, before we finish. 1 uh, 1 Thessalonians says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It's not about us summoning the willpower, but it's about us resting back in the faithfulness of the one who's called us because he will do it. And so I want to ask you, as we finish, as we prayed right at the beginning for the Holy Spirit to whisper into your heart, I want you to be honest about that whisper. What is it that he's speaking to you about? Do we feel more compelled to do more of what makes us happy and pursue happiness? Or are we prepared to do the hard work of sitting in the joy and the peace of the presence of God, knowing that he will transform us into holiness? Could you join a connect group or form a smaller accountability group to help you support, help support you in your journey? What is it that you want to step into as we go through this series, looking at mindset and physical, spiritual, emotional, relational wholeness? What is it that the Holy Spirit is prodding you to do this morning to say yes? Now, I'm not necessarily expecting a miracle overnight, 
although I prayed for miracles this morning and believe that uh, he can do all things. But I am believing that as we partner our will with his spirit, he will begin to do something incredible in our heart and in our lives that will transform us for the rest of our lives and we don't have to be the same again. And so I'm going to ask you to respond. And I think responding means moving. And uh, so just to start with, I'm I'm just going to ask everyone to stand to uh, their feet. Sometimes we just have to activate ourselves. And uh, I want to encourage you uh, to just uh, reflect right now in what the Spirit's been saying to you. To imagine what it would look like if you were completely free. What would you do if you weren't fearful? If you knew you were loved? If you knew you were affirmed? Maybe you want to close your eyes. In a minute, I'm going to invite people. We've got a ministry team and I'm going to invite people to come down the front and uh, receive prayer if you want someone to stand with you. Maybe you want to move in a different way. You want to put your hands out. You want to kneel. uh, You want to step into the aisle. Whatever it is that you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. But I felt like God speak to me specifically with a few words of knowledge uh, for some of you. And uh, maybe you've already heard yourself. Uh, But here's what I felt as I was praying this morning. That there's someone here who would describe their faith as nominal. They've used that word, nominal. And they come to church, but they... uh, find connection here uh, but it's almost like they're riding the wave of other people's connection with God and outside of this building it's really difficult this morning Jesus wants to meet with you and transform your faith from just nominal to being integral to your whole life and he wants to breathe his spirit in you if that's you we'd love to pray for you our ministry team will be out here at the front Uh, I'd love you to come forward be brave step forward I felt that someone who has been so hurt by life circumstances that is intentionally hurting other people to make yourself feel better. And this morning, Jesus wants to reach into your pain and love you and bring freedom to you. This morning, I saw someone I felt uh, was confused about your identity, who you feel you are, and God wants to show you uh, that your life's like a jigsaw puzzle. And uh, at the moment, all the pieces are mixed up, but He just wants to. Sh- put the pieces back together so you can see the picture of who he sees when he imagines you also there's like a self-help junkie I'm probably one of those people and uh, God wants to say this morning that he loves you the way uh, the way that you've taken responsibility for your own journey and your own self-help but he wants to partner with you and he wants to uh, he wants you to look to him first before anything else Uh, and uh, submit your life to Jesus this morning. So however uh, you feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, I'd love you to respond. The band are gonna sing over us. Uh, You can step into the aisle, you can step forward, uh, you can kneel. It's between you and Jesus, but I believe that as you take that step, something is activated in you right now. It's like faith will come. And even if you think, I've been going around in circles for years and years and years, I'll never get free. This morning, Jesus says, freedom is for you. Uh, and for the, uh, the sun has set us free and so we're free indeed.